You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is Malia as usual, and I am here today with Pastor Matt, and we are uh, wrapping up our Hebrews sermon series today. So it's unfortunate that we couldn't finish on Sunday mornings, but we had some other really pressing things. But but it's nice that we have this median to, to really yeah. um, get it out there. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so how is the um, social distancing and whatnot going for you guys at your house? It's all right. Um, it feels like kind of getting towards the end of summer when everybody's just done. Yes. Um, the, you know, where they're like, okay, this is, I'm ready to get back to school, ready to get, but, but it doesn't feel abnormal. It just feels like that low time at the end of summer. So my fear is that if we aren't able to get back to school, then it's going to feel like this low time before summer. The summer's like, going to be like, but really they'll be able to get out and do things and, and, and whatever. But that's true. Um, but I mean, we're okay. Um, yeah. I think, you know, like, uh, to be honest, we're not rocking the homeschool component. We're not, you know, our kids are pretty self-sufficient. And so, um, you know, yeah, we're kind of like, do, it, do what you want, don't do, you know. And yeah, I, I just want them to be reading is really all right. I care about is, is read some books. Yeah. And Aubrey reads and Travis explained to me the other day that he gets plenty of reading in video games. <laughs> He's like, sometimes you find a letter and you have to read it to know what's happening next. I'm like, oh, great. And I feel well, like hey, a great parent hey, now. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. You guys? I, you know, I think it's probably easy. I mean, in, in ways it's easier for us having older kids, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's harder because they're, they're used to freedom. Yeah. And so I think having teenagers for me has been hard because. They want to go. Okay, and I think so let's trying just, to make them understand that. Let's clarify that having teenagers for everybody is hard. <laughs> yeah, just in general. <laughs> just as a blanket statement. Not to scare anyone, but it's coming. <laughs> but hey, your 11-year-old is going to turn into a mom. No, that's not true. Not true at all. Also, I'm eating all the food. You know what? I like, was that's really scared thing. to weigh myself, and I did today, and it was frightening. Yeah, that's a thing that Carrie and I have both talked about, um, that... Um, it, turns out we should buy more vegetables because <laughs> whatever's yeah. in the house, it, it's right. your board. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a proclivity to that anyway. And so <laughs> this is even worse. Well, and I was thinking like, you know how there's the freshman 15? Yeah. I was like, it's the COVID-19. Yeah. That's like, actually what Carrie has said on yeah, a couple of occasions yeah. that she would really like to not <laughs> right. come out the other end. I know. Um, I need to get things under control. Yeah. I... <laughs> Turns out I'm an emotional eater. I thought it was going to be better. I'm like, oh, we can't go out to dinner. We can't do all. But turns out, like, you know, crap is crap. And you can go eat it at a restaurant or you can eat it in your house. Yeah. Well, we've been trying to do um, delivery or carry out every once in a while just to help support some of the businesses. Which And then it gives me a night off, too, which has been nice. But yeah. um, So, yeah. Well, I'm going to say this. Look, I'm not mad at Subway. But they are really slow at Subway. Yeah, we need to drive through but or something. But I'm a big fan of this new system. What's because the new system? you can only pick up Subway if you've ordered online. Oh, okay. Right. So, or maybe called it in or whatever. But uh-huh. but I picked it up the other night. Carrie called Subway or ordered online or something, and I just went in. 
picked it up and paid and I didn't have to wait in a long line and nice. take forever while the sandwiches are like it takes forever there except yeah. this I was in I was out that's awesome it was delicious good so that's good well, Subway's a good choice. See, there you go. Right? Well, I don't know. I mean, I had steak I and cheese and mayonnaise. <laughs> and So, I, don't, I mean, sure, there was also lettuce and tomatoes it on it. It so. wasn't deep fried. No. So no. There's <laughs> I wonder if they would do that, though. Silver lining. Because <laughs> that might be worth it. So. All right. So let's, let's dig into Hebrews 12. Okay. Well, I think to, to really dig into Hebrews 12, Malia, as you've pointed out, a lot. <laughs> Uh, you have to go back to Hebrews 11. Oh, man. Um, and I know David meetings are fun. They are fun. <laughs> and, and David just touched on Hebrews 11, 1 as he was wrapping up from last week. And, mm-hmm. um, but, but you get to Hebrews 11, 1, and you have this idea that, look, here's what faith is. Faith is the assurance uh, of things hoped for, it's 11, 1, and the conviction uh, of things not seen. Um, and it's this reality that faith is hope. Mm-hmm. But it's hope that's a different word than what we normally right. use with hope. And I, th- right. I think it's so important to understand it's a that. confident hope. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like hope that you're sure of. So mm-hmm. like a word we might use instead of hope is, is faith is certainty. Um, that what we think is going to be, that what God's promised to be will actually be. Um, I, I hope for a lot of things, and, and <laughs> they don't all come true. Like I like hope not to gain 19 pounds during right. this whole. Well, thing. I mean, <laughs> I was thinking baseball, but whatever. Um, oh, but I yeah. hoped that baseball would start, right? Yeah, I Scott's hoped. Dying. I hoped that it would get going here in May, and and now it's looking like it might even be like the Fourth of July weekend before it gets mm-hmm. going, if it does. And mm-hmm. like, like, so I hope, but this is not the kind of hope God's talking about. He's talking right. about faith. Is this right. this understood? It's going to happen. You can bet the farm; it's done. Yep. Um, and, and but yet we haven't seen it yet. It's 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 the substance of this hope we have for something we haven't seen. And then what I love about Hebrews eleven is it goes on to list then what we know is this hall of faith, mm-hmm. this great list of people, some awesome, some messy, all flawed. Some, mm-hmm. yeah, living lives in between. Like some of them mm-hmm. we read about somebody like Samuel. Obviously Samuel was flawed, but, mm-hmm. but I mean, we would say that guy is a giant mm-hmm. of faith. And then we read about a guy like Samson and we say, man, that guy's a tool, <laughs> right? <laughs> like like he, he did a lot wrong. Yeah. But yet, yet all of these people are listed in this I hall like of faith. I feel like I should write that in my Bible next What's to that? this story. Samson, Samson is a tool. Tool. He is a tool. Um, <laughs> per Matt Hance. That's right. Um, but, but the reality is that, that what we see is, is this picture painted in Hebrews 11 that faith works. Right. Yep. Faith is not an idea, but faith works. And, and, and it's so intricate that we have to really understand it because the idea is that faith is the substance of these things that we hope for that we can't see, but it's true. And how do we express faith in what we can't see? Mm-hmm. Well, we act like it's true. Mm-hmm. And I, we always have to be really careful there because I think sometimes people walk away thinking, okay, well then the Christian life is about acting right. right. And the Christian life is not about acting right. I made the comment on um, Sunday sermon that there's nothing you can do to make God love you more, and there's nothing you can do to make him love you less. And that's a, I think it's important for us to understand that, right? Like, like mm-hmm. my acting right is not going to make God say, oh, okay, man, that guy's good. Mm-hmm. Um, my failing to act right isn't going to make him say, oh, forget it, he's out. 
Thank goodness. And we see that in some of these these people of faith who lived mistake-filled lives. Sure, yeah. Right? But, But... we, we have to really wrap our heads around the fact that, that if it's true that faith is the substance of things we hope for, it's the certainty of what we can't see, which is basically God's word and his promises. They are true, and we know they're true. Yep. Everything he has said will come to fruition. It is a certainty. So a life of faith lives like it's true. And, and that's where I think it's really disingenuous to say, oh, I, I have faith, I have faith, and then you live like you have no faith. Mm-hmm. Because what does that even mean? Right, right. So I, I think 11 is so important because when you understand that, that faith works, right? It's not just an idea, but faith works. Not to get you favor with God, but because of the promises of God, we have faith, we live like it. And then we get to 12.1 and it starts with therefore, mm-hmm. right? Therefore, since we have these examples of people living out faith, um, since we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, Let's lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race set before us. And I love the way 12 starts. I mean, you could do a whole sermon just on 12.1. Mm. Just this idea that for us as Christians, we have this great cloud of witnesses, this great vast um, people of God that have gone before us and they've shown us what this is like. They've shown us how to live lives of faith that it's action, that, that, we, that we live because we know it's true. And because of that, then we should run with endurance, run to win. Uh, and we should cast off the things that get in the way. Uh, and I love the difference too. I mean, it says, let us lay aside every weight and sin. Because sometimes I think we get confused. Weight and sin aren't the same thing. Mm-hmm. So like, I, you know, I think... You've probably got in your life over the course of, of you know, your, your seeking to grow in Christ, mm-hmm. some things in your life that you would say, you know what, that is sin and I should quit it. Right. Mm-hmm. We've all got that. Yeah. Way but I would, imagine, <laughs> I would imagine almost more than that, though, mm-hmm. you've probably got things in your life that aren't bad things. Mm-hmm. They're not sinful things. They right. might even be good things, but they still are weight that gets you off track. Sure, yep. Um, you know, I think an easy one for me, TV. Yeah, absolutely. I love TV. That's I okay. I like it. it yeah. Is it? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. I don't think it's, it's not bad. No, it's know? a good it's thing, just, right? Yeah. It's good. Um, you know, I'll argue, like, like I know people will say, <laughs> it no, it's, it's evil, it's yeah. wrong, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think TV is evil. Mm-mm. Netflix isn't inherently wrong. I mean, some of the things they put on Netflix, sure. that's not awesome. <laughs> yeah. Some of the things yeah. they put on TV aren't great. Right. But, but TV in and of itself isn't bad, but when I allow it to become this thing that I am all consumed with, yeah. then the author of Hebrews is saying, look, man, because faith is working, mm-hmm. right? It, it's because I'm certain of these things that God has said, I need to work. I need to live out mm-hmm. a life of faith that acts like that's true, then why would I waste all of my free time yeah. watching TV? It's not right. sin, but it's a weight that drags me down. Right. And I got to let go of it. Something for me probably a few years ago was um, I, I had heard something, probably a sermon or, or something, where 
they had said, you know, what's something in your life that if God took it away today, you would just be completely devastated. And it was something as simple as running, yeah. which I know is crazy to some people. Listen, but I had made it, I, I turned it know. into an idol. And so I had to um, just really pull back from it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I still run, but I'm not investing the time. Like I invested a lot of time and energy and money into it. And I really had to just like pull back on that. And it's been a good thing for me. Yeah. Well, I think, man, that makes me feel. I know that's weird. No, actually, (laughs) it's a great example. And I love it. Because it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And it makes me feel really bad about my example. Malia's like, (laughs) well, the thing that's weighing me down is all of the running I'm doing. And I'm like, oh, well, mine is reruns of this on TV. And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> but well, I was just obsessed. No. I was obsessed with like That's doing well and beating myself, like beating other people and beat like it was yeah. just it wasn't healthy. Well, and and it, yeah. it does become an obsession. And yeah. I think I mean we could this this would be instructive, right? Like I think that's a great question. What's the thing that would devastate yeah, you if you went without for everybody? It? But yeah. I you know, I think for some people it's 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 um you know it's it's TV, it's running, mm-hmm. it's, I know some people that it's working out, like, like mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're four hours a day yeah. at the gym, like, yeah. like that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, that's healthy right. and good, and right, but, but at some point in time, it's, it, is it eating into what God would desire from you? Yeah. For some people, it's, it's their kids, mm-hmm. right? Like, well, they've got to be the best at their sport, they've yes. got to be... They, yeah. They've got to be top-notch. They've got to be recognized. Mm-hmm. And, we've and that's gotta, their identity. Yeah. Like, you can see it on social media a lot of times. Like, kid, your kids are your identity in, in so many mm-hmm. ways. Yeah. And so, and, and so yeah. And none of that's bad. Right. Right? It's good right. to invest in your kids. Yeah, it's good to absolutely. exercise. It's good to run. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good to watch TV. It's okay to yeah. watch TV. <laughs> um, I, I still feel like I'm I losing this conversation. <laughs> but... Those are okay, yeah. but they weigh us down, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I just love that the author, even before he gets to the idea of sin that clings so closely, mm-hmm. he talks about the weight yeah. of just the life. Yeah, and, no, that's and, good. That's good. Um, and I, I just think sometimes we would do well to really understand that we don't want to sacrifice God's best for things that are just okay. Yep. Um, and But then the other thing with sin is that... If we're really going to run, we have got to cast off sin. Yep. Um, and, and I, I. It does just weigh us down. Well, too. and the thing mm-hmm. is, what I love too about the way the author puts that out there is he's not grading sin here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's be honest. Sin is sin. Some of your sin might be worse than some of mine. Some of mine might be worse than yours. Mm-hmm. Like from a worldly perspective, sure. we grade sin. Right, absolutely. And a lot of times we grade sin in a couple of ways. We grade it by the consequences that come with it, the worldly mm-hmm. consequences, mm-hmm. right? I, I refuse to forgive. Ooh, you know, the world doesn't really care much about right. that. Right, yeah. I murder. Mm-hmm. The yeah. world has a big problem. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, like I, I longingly lust after someone. Mm, the world doesn't say a whole right. lot. I have an affair. Okay, it's a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. And, and I think mm-hmm. what, what we see here is we tend to grade sin based on the consequences of it, but yep. the author here just calls it sin. Yeah. Well, it's like when I was talking about Sabbath a couple weeks ago on our Facebook Live. Yeah. Um, 
where that's something that we feel like it's okay to not observe yeah. the Sabbath and um, because there there aren't the consequences like because being busy is is elevated right. so much in our culture too and so it's it's very countercultural. Yeah, it, it's countercultural and and I think um, we like you say we tend to no matter how much we know better, Mm -hmm. we tend to judge whether or not we're killing it based on how other people see us. Yeah. Like, so for example, I don't mean to like, oh, make Malia feel weird. I mean, she's, (laughs) she's running and that's sinful. She should stop running so much, but no, no, no. Like, like, like I think people would look at you, right? People would look at you and they would say, you know what, Malia, as far as a, as a Christian woman who is, is striving Mm -hmm. to live a holy life, Mm -hmm. she is, killing it. Like from the outside looking in, <laughs> right? you and I know we all have sure. flaws, we all have struggles, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but yeah. people would say, man, she is doing well. Yeah. Right. She's serving the Lord. She's, she's pouring herself out for the sake of the gospel. She's loving her family. She's, she's killing it. And it would be easy for you to say, okay, great. So I have sin in my life, right? but they don't know about it. it right. It's not big. It's, it's mm-hmm. so, so I'm running, right? you know, without yeah. any problems, even though you know, yeah, you do. And yeah. so I, I think it's... Imp- <laughs> I do. <laughs> but I, I think it's important for us to know, like, like in, in this area, the author is telling us, look, regardless of how people see you, mm-hmm. get rid of the things that weigh you down yep. and, and, and get rid of the sin that clings so close and easily entangles and just run. Yeah. Uh, run with endurance. Run to win this race that's set before you. And, and I think it's important for us to just get rid of, of the idea of, no, 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 I, I'm better than most people. Right. They think, I, you know, like that just doesn't mean anything. Everybody's sanctification looks different, yes. but it's yeah. still the same thing. <laughs> right, we're still, we're still yeah. here. And so yeah. we, are, we gotta run. Um, and, so, and so any sin is gonna trip us up, no matter how little it is, mm-hmm. which is why I think the Holy Spirit... Well, like the Holy Spirit is is in us mm-hmm. and is active and, and living and, and is and, and is is just alive with conviction and encouragement. And and the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two edged sword. And and when the word of God mixes with the Holy Spirit in us, things that are in our lives that weigh us down that aren't sinful, but they're still not helping, mm-hmm. or sin no matter how small we think it is, those are going to come to light. Yeah. God opens your eyes, definitely. And, and if we are wanting to run the race well with endurance, running to win, then we've got we've to take a scalpel and surgically remove those things. Mm-hmm. We just have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and there's encouragement to do that. What's the encouragement? Well, the, the saints that have gone before us that great cloud of witnesses. And I love in verse two as it picks up, how do we do it? We look at Jesus. Mm, yeah. He's the founder and the perfecter of our faith. And, and it was hard for him, uh, but for the joy set before him, he endured every bad thing, every pain, every suffering, every um, evil. And, and now he's seated at the right hand uh, at the throne of God. And so we just see this, this encouragement that look, Jesus has done this. Mm-hmm. We know that his promises are true. We have this great faith that he is right and, and that everything he says is right and will come to pass. And so therefore, we run yeah. and we get rid of everything that gets in the way and we just sell out for Christ. It's this great redemption. It is. And, and I just wonder what it would look like in people's lives. It, it, we should ask ourselves the question, what does it look like to sell out for Christ? Mm-hmm. Because that's really what the call is here. Yep. Sell out. Um, put everything in. Like... 
Like, don't hold anything back. Everything in the middle of the table. Your comfort is not an issue. Your desires aren't an issue. Your wants, your needs, mm-hmm. none of that matters. You're putting everything in the middle for Christ. That's the, the cloud of witnesses. That's the example that we have. Mm-hmm. And because it's all going to work out at the end, because Jesus is right, he's the perfecter of our faith, everything he says will come to pass. We can do it, and we can run to win, and we yeah. can have confidence. And we're going to look weird. And we are going to look weird. <laughs> I was just talking to someone, a friend the other day about how we're just weird and we just got to be okay with that, you know? <laughs> is that you and your friend as Christians or just you and yeah, your friend in general? as Christians. Okay. This yeah. is a, maybe you're like, hey, we're going to look weird and that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably um, weird anyways, but then throw in the Christianity. Yeah. And well, I, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I'm not even sure what to say about that, but, but you know what? I think it, it's, it's so necessary. We look different. We do look different. And people think we're weird. Yeah. Paul, That's where I was going. Paul that. writes to Timothy in First Timothy one twelve um, that he's in prison, but he's okay. Everything's going to be fine. And then he says this, which is the basis for a great hymn, um, but also just one of one of those verses that I love to to just meditate on in my life. It's it's going to be all right because I know whom I've believed in, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed um, to him against that day or. or for the day of his return. Mm-hmm. And, and it's this great thing. It's like, yes, you know what? I can look weird and mm-hmm. I can push it all in the middle and I can cast off the weight of the good things. I'm like, what am I missing? I'm missing out on all these good things that I really enjoy. I'm not missing out on anything mm-hmm. because everything I spend for the sake of my sanctification and living out the gospel, you know what? It's doing something for me and it's earning something. And I know the one that's entrusted to it. Mm-hmm. It's entrusted to Christ. And I know him who I've believed in and and, and persuaded that he's able to keep everything I'm committing to him and he's keeping it safe, um, entrusted to me on the day of his return. And so when I hear, and this is what I strive to hear, when I hear well done, good and faithful servant, Mm -hmm. right? I know he's holding for me. Everything I pour out for him, he's holding Um, and and it's not wasted. Mm -hmm. And so that faith, even though I can't see it, I know it's true, should push us to strive yeah. Yeah. and to endure hardships. And that's why he says here in, in verse three, man, we're never going to get through 12 this way. Uh, <laughs> he says in verse three, don't How grow, much time do we have guys? <laughs> don't, don't grow weary, right? Consider him who endured from sinners, such hostility against himself so that you won't grow weary or faint hearted. You know, and it's weird, you know, he's like, so, so, so listen, Christian, you're putting it all in but don't worry, Christ is counting it for you. He's got mm-hmm. it, right? Consider your author and perfecter of your faith. He started it, he finished it. Consider him, look everything he did so you don't grow weary. Yep. And then he says this, like, like, you haven't even struggled against sin yet. Um, or no, I'm sorry, in your struggle against sin yet, you haven't even come to the point of shedding your blood, uh, which was telling because many of them would, mm-hmm. right? Many of them would be persecuted to death. Yep. Um, to the point of death. And, and he says, you haven't even got there yet. So don't, don't grow weary. Uh, and then this is your favorite part of all of scripture, I think. That's not true. <laughs> but, but we do talk a lot around here about discipline. Yeah. Um, and then he goes into this, this kind of little... It's, it's part of it. It's part, like it, it absolutely not. is part yeah. of it. And he goes into the segue about discipline. And it goes, you know, he just talks about that, that there's a couple things to know about discipline. Um. One, we don't take it lightly, mm-hmm. right? We don't take discipline lightly because we know it comes from the Lord. Listen, you should never take anything lightly that you know comes from the Lord, whether it's a blessing 
you shouldn't look a you shouldn't take a blessing lightly. Right. Blessings from the Lord are are um, precious, uh, and if it's encouragement, you should take encouragement from the Lord, and you should love it, right? And you should should meditate on it and discipline. Discipline from the Lord is good. We don't love it, but it's good because he disciplines those he loves. And, and there's this, he, he goes on in 12 to give this example, and, and you can read through it in, in you know, seven, kind of, and it keeps going for a while. But we know this as parents. I would imagine in your life as a parent um, that even though you have very good kids, that you've had to discipline them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I would imagine that it's true that Scott's had to discipline them Mm -hmm. and that you and Scott discipline your kids, not because you want to lord over them that you're the boss, but you discipline them because you want them to improve. Mm -hmm. You want them to learn and grow and you want them to be the person that they're supposed to be. And it's a lot different than just punishing them because you are bigger and stronger than they are. Right. Um, you know, it'd be one thing if you're walking around, um, I mean, nobody should smack down kids. Uh, I was about to say smacking down kids. I I meant it like metaphorically, not literally, but you know, (laughs) but I mean, if you're walking around and you're just bringing the thunder, like go to your room and you're terrible and you're awful and you're grounded and you're the worst person ever. Like, like, okay, well that's not instructive, right? That's not what a good father does. Right. Right, but a good father disciplines because he wants to grow and teach and change the sin or the wrong in the kids and, and teach them to be right. Yep. And and that's what God does to us. Mm-hmm. And, and so we can't look at discipline when it happens to us like we're confused. Like, why would God let this happen? Yeah. Right. Well, well time out. You did these things, mm-hmm. and God is bringing them to light because yeah. He wants to grow you. Like I was. This, this goes back to when I did private counseling, but I had a, um, you know, I had a person come to my office who was a Christian, but who was also having an affair, um, and it came out mm-hmm. um, after we had been working on it for a while. You know, talking about like you need to end that affair and you mm-hmm. need to to let that go, and you're gonna. Mm-hmm. Well, it finally came to light, um, and and he asked, he's like, well, why would you know, God knew this was going to ruin my marriage. So why did he let this be found out? And it's like, okay, time out, time out, time out. <laughs> like, like one, yeah. right? This, these were your decisions and your actions. Mm-hmm. Okay. God did allow it to come to light, mm-hmm. but not because he's mad at you and not because he's getting even and not because he wants to ruin you, mm-hmm. but because God wants to take your sin and he wants to cut it away and he wants to make you holy. Mm-hmm. And if that means this has to come to light for that yeah. to happen, then so be it. Yep. Right. And and that's a path to reconciliation. It, it's a too. path to reconciliation, yeah. and and honestly, I don't know how that worked out. I didn't um, mm-hmm. uh, get the opportunity to work with them for much longer after mm-hmm. that. But hopefully, yeah. um, they've had that happen over the course of the last decade. Um, but but I think these are things that we have to wrestle with a little bit. Yeah. That discipline isn't fun. Right. Right. And it says that in here. It says no discipline mm-hmm. is is um, good at the time. Seems right. good at the time. Um, but it's just this reality. Yeah. Well, I mean, just think about all the times your parents discipline you as a teenager. And I mean, I can think of it didn't really certain situations. Ah, uh, did to me. No. And at the time, I hated it. 
And I thought they were wrong and stupid. But, you know, now in hindsight, as an adult with my own children, I'm like, oh, my gosh, everything you said was right. I am so sorry. Yeah, when, when I, your parents were like, I hope someday you have children just yeah, like you. Yeah, it's, like, it's well, so funny. Turns out I'm going to be a parent just like you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I didn't get in trouble all that much in high school, but I had a brother who was two years older than me, uh-huh. and he paved the way by getting in a lot of trouble. <laughs> so I just tried to stay right behind him. Sure. And then I usually got away with some things. Yeah, yeah. I feel so. like you're, yeah, I could see that. What? <laughs> I don't even know what you mean. Smooth talker. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, discipline is good. Like, like, here's the thing about discipline. It's for everybody. Here, there's a couple of truths that, that the author shares. Discipline is for all. Um, everybody goes through it. It's about love. Um, and it's good for us. Yep. And so uh, that's the way it is. And, and I love, I love you know, when you get to verse 12 here then, um, therefore, because that discipline is from God, because mm-hmm. it's good for you, and because you're not doing it alone, everybody goes through it, it's kind of like a, so, so pull yourself together, <laughs> right? I, I mean, I, I love the way, the way this, get it this together, is, man. right, basically, like, get your stuff together. <laughs> therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone. Like, like, look, everybody goes through discipline. Discipline is from God. Discipline is good. Stop crying about it. Wipe your face. Get up and get to work. Okay, Rachel Hollis. Oh, Sorry. don't even. <laughs> don't even. Girl, wash your face. <laughs> don't even get me started. Um, we won't go there. That's a whole other that's podcast. A whole, we had that podcast already. already. <laughs> we, we already did that one. Yeah. Um, now I feel compelled to say... Be careful what you decide to read or watch or listen to. Um, anyway, but yeah, it's kind of this this get yourself together, and then I and then it goes into this deal about helping each other, right? Like like so so get yourself together, strengthen your knees, like get strong in this, deal with the discipline God is giving you, and grow from it, and strive for peace with everyone, help each other out here. You know, in 14, strive for peace and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that nobody fails to obtain the grace of God. Uh, by the way, that right there, that verse, uh, the first part of, of 15, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like church mission statement part B, Right, like, like you know, we are to bring a hurting world the hope of Jesus Christ. That's why we exist. But if you if you dig down into that a little bit further, we want to make sure that as a church that nobody misses out on the grace of God. Yeah. Right. See to it that nobody misses out on this, and that no root of bitterness springs up, causes trouble, because by it many become defiled, and bitterness will kill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is we get in here a little bit, and this is why church discipline matters. He gives this example of Esau. Don't be like yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah, don't be like the bad example in the Bible. <laughs> How would you like to have your name listed there? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like oh, uh, I mean, Samson makes it into the Hall of Faith. Right? <laughs> but Esau, don't be like Esau. Um, I don't know why that's so funny to me. I, well, be, because you're not Esau, <laughs> yes. right? But but so there's this idea. It's like this is why church discipline matters. Mm-hmm. And why, why community matters and brotherly, brotherly and sisterly communion and camaraderie matters because we want to be able to encourage and teach and instruct and, and, and even admonish and correct one another, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, so here's the thing. If you're in a body and you notice bitterness, 
Like, it's not one of those times to say, I'm just going to mind my own business. Right. It's also not one of those times to get up in front of somebody and start telling stories you don't know about. Sure. But it is time for me to go come alongside you and, and, and say to you, like, look, like, Malia, I've noticed. <laughs> I've noticed yeah. what, what, what yeah. feels... Yeah, I mean, that's what you sign up for Yeah. when you come I, I've noticed what feels like other. bitterness. Yeah. And it's wrong. It, it's a sin, and, and it's going to hurt not just you, but mm-hmm. the person and the whole body. Yeah. Right? And so let's talk about that. And that is when people become covenant members of the church, mm-hmm. that's part of what they're agreeing to. Yeah. Is to be that for other people and to and to invite other people to be that for them. Um, that's why when I think about church discipline, like it is the rare case of church discipline that should ever even come to the elders. Mm-hmm. It is the rare case of church discipline that should ever come to the elders because other brothers and sisters in Christ should be coming alongside somebody and saying, look, I, I want to see to it that nobody misses right. out which on means, the grace of God. Which means that you, that we all should be in those types of relationships together where we can do that. Like if someone came at me that we didn't have a relationship <laughs> at all, like, it might be a little different. Yes. Yeah. You know, but yeah. where I've been involved in small well, groups where I have, you know, women that absolutely I would welcome. It, it's difficult because even you, would, hard, yeah. you wouldn't even know these things unless you were in, right. a, 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 right. a more intimate relationship. But there are a few things that have to happen. You're right. So one is sure. I have to be in the word, mm-hmm. right? Because Jesus is really clear. Hey man, you, you get that plank out of your own eye, then help your brother yeah. with the speck in his. It doesn't mean, Oh, you're on your own. I'm just going to deal with myself. Like yeah. we, sometimes we misinterpret that verse to say, Oh, we mind you our own you, business. I'll do me. Yeah. That's not what it says. Yeah. We we are pursuing holiness for ourselves, sanctification for ourselves, so that I'm better in a position to help. So yeah. one is you've got to be in the word and you've got to be pursuing holiness. And then also you've got to be a part of community. Mm-hmm. Some people I think I posted an article from the Gospel Coalition on this going going back. Um, but some people come to church because they're looking for community. Right. And I get that they do that. I get why they come to church looking for community. Mm-hmm. But it's really the wrong way to approach it. Mm-hmm. Some people come to church and they take it upon themselves to build a community. Mm, yeah. Right? And by building community, then it, it's more meaningful and, and, yeah. and, and we get these kinds of relationships. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if somebody, I guess that would just be, this is completely off topic. But, <laughs> but that, I'm sure that's, that's no surprise. But that's that how we, we roll. <laughs> so if there's somebody here that, that is like, man, I, I want to connect with the community. I'm looking for community, but it's not there. You know, then I would say, okay, like, let's, let's think about how do you start to build community. Mm-hmm. And it's not that hard. Uh, it feels hard, but it's not that hard. Sure. We invite people for coffee. We mm-hmm. get together. We, in, we, we, you know, we ask, do you want to have a Bible study? Or can I be a part of your Bible study? Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, we just make those connections. There are a couple of people who excel at that. Um, I would just, just throw a shout out to, to Janet Cooper mm-hmm. is, is one. She's been coming to the church since last September. So we're going mm-hmm. on you know, six, seven months yeah, now. Yeah, so not really all that not long. Not really all that long, but, but Janet has, has worked not just to get in a community, but to mm-hmm. build community, yeah. like like to, to form relationships. I mean, hey, let's, first of all, she's signing up for small groups, then, then it's mm-hmm. in groups that she's in. She's like, hey, let's, let's get together for dinner or mm-hmm. um, calling people to invite them to, hey, I'm going to do this 
painting party. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, let's come and join together in this. And just, you know, there are multiple people that I've talked to that have commented, oh yeah, I've connected with Janet in this way or that way. She's found her tribe that way. And, and yeah, yeah, so she is, she has dug into community, but she's helped create it. Yeah. And I think that's important. And we got to have that. We got to be seeking holiness and we've got to be digging into community and creating community so that we're in a position to do this for one another, to yep. make sure that nobody misses out on the grace of God and that there's no bitterness and that none of this stuff comes up um, because we, we want to inherit this blessing, right? Esau was rejected through tears, it says, uh, <laughs> and we don't want that to happen to us. So, you know, I mean, this, it, and then 13, uh, I'm sorry, 12 kind of ends. It's, it's a big chunk, but from 18 uh, through the end of the chapter, about 11 verses, with this just reminder that what we're talking about in all of this, what we've gained when we dig in, the grace of God, what it allows us, what we're not growing tired, what we're running to achieve, what, what we're moving towards, is this kingdom that's just better. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kingdom that won't be shaken, right? And, and, and the author kind of compares um, what we're coming close to with what um, the the nation of Israel came close to in the wilderness, right? That you know you, they came they came around um, the mountain, and Moses went up, and they had the instruction: don't get too close, right? Blow the trumpets, make the fanfare. Don't get too close; you'll die if your animals get too don't close. We it. have to stone yep. them. It, mm-hmm. Like like this is don't God is holy, and He is to be kept separate. Yeah. Like God is holy and he is to be kept separate. Mm-hmm. And, and what the author is reminding us is, is that that's not the kind of kingdom that we're coming to. Mm-hmm. That's not the kind of kingdom that we're coming into, but we're coming into a kingdom that's been earned for us by a better high priest mm-hmm. and a better sacrifice. Jesus is the better prophet, the better man, God in flesh, who paid the ultimate price so that we could enter into this better covenant. And, and it's just, we're part of this kingdom that's built on better. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's built on better, we trust the promises of God, right? We cast off everything that gets in the way. We run, we endure, even discipline. We endure discipline and we even try to encourage one another so that we don't miss out on the grace of God because the kingdom we're entering is just so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how so much bigger. Than that. Yes, and it's it's kind of how twelve um, kind of comes mm-hmm. to fruition, and then uh, it ends with with therefore let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, mm-hmm. for our God is a consuming fire. What, is, what does that mean? Acceptable worship. Acceptable worship. Um, I think acceptable worship is is part of that. You think. Um, when, when Jesus is talking to the woman at the well in mm-hmm. John 4, mm-hmm. right? And, and she's talking about, well, maybe we should worship at this mountain and your people right. say we should go here. And, and he says, no, you're getting it wrong. But the time is coming and it's here now when God is looking for people that, we're, that will worship in spirit mm-hmm. and in truth. Mm-hmm. Um, or in um, Romans 12, when Paul says, it's kind of an extension of worshiping in spirit and truth. Uh, therefore, uh, you know, because of everything God's done for us, let's not be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed into the image of God. That is our acceptable act of worship. So, so here, when the author is talking about um, acceptable worship uh, with reverence and awe, mm-hmm. I think the author is talking about yourself. Mm. 
-hmm. We're coming to God with acceptable worship, which goes back to what we talked about. Shedding every sin and striving um, and running to win. And it's it's not perfection because we won't be, <laughs> but it's it's the goal to cut sin out of our lives and grow to be like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's so. good. All right. And that is where we were going to end Hebrews in our sermon series. I know cool. that chapter thirteen is lingering, and mm-hmm. so I would tell folks chapter thirteen is awesome, and you should read it, and you <laughs> should study it and pray through it. Um, that was not. Um, our original intention as we kind of worked through Hebrews because mm-hmm. our goal was um, to kind of end with with Jesus as this perfecter of our faith, and we were going to wrap that up on Easter Sunday. Um, so this will be a little different, but but still very important. Read chapter 13. If you've got questions about it, email us here at the church, and, and we'll yeah. dig in and answer some of those. But uh, it has been a lot of fun going through yeah. Hebrews. I'm glad we were able to finish it this way. Yes, I am very glad we were able just to finish. Like the that finisher, crazy not the to finisher finish in you needed to get yes. done. So. so boom, we can close that <laughs> and I can move on with my life. <laughs> the, I, I did not want your life to be on hold. <laughs> this is how strange I am. Now you can stop worrying about this and go for a job. Welcome to Scott's world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. All right. Well, I hope that everyone enjoyed um, this sermon series. And yeah, I, um, we enjoyed doing it. I know David and I have talked yeah. that, that we had a lot of fun through Hebrews. Yeah. And so I hope other people found it. And if anything, too. yeah, I hope that people have a better understanding of, of the book of Hebrews. I know I do. Um, and, you know, there's other studies we could point you to if you want to go even deeper. I know there's there's one that I have been looking at. Uh, it's a Jen Wilkin study. So, no. You know, I'm all over that. Um, but I've got, like, so many studies that I want to do. Well, I, like I don't have enough time. Yeah, I think a Hebrew, so. a, a going, if you really love this stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which you should. Hebrews is one of my favorite books in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we could have spent a year. Yeah. No joke, a yeah. year preaching through the 13 chapters of Hebrews. Yep. We we tried to do it in seven weeks, eight weeks, mm-hmm. um, just, to, just to be able to give a taste and work through the ways that the new covenant is better than the old and, and why Jesus is superior. But there is so much in there. So yeah, if, if people are digging in. Otherwise, if they're looking for something new to study after Hebrews, yeah. we are... Um, we're excited about our marriage series. Mm-hmm. We really want to do our marriage series, and we're going to. Yep. We're just pushing it back. Yep. Um, just kind of based on the world around us and, and, and maybe some of the anxiety and unease that people feel. We keep seeing and reading things about like, oh no, is this the end? Is this yeah. the beginning of the end? And, yeah. and you know what? I don't know. Like, yeah. I, But neither do you, right? That's the thing is right. God says, nobody no knows that knows. time. Yeah. Um, but it, it made us think, you know what? Maybe the time is ripe for us to deal with what the end is and how it's coming and what it will look like Mm -hmm. um, to the best of our understanding. And so we are going to enter into a series on Revelation. So if you're looking for something new to study now that Hebrews is done, I would say, hey, jump into Revelation and just start Revelation 1 and just start reading through there. And then as we are preaching through it, you know, we'll intersect and and that'll be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be good. good. All right. Thanks for listening.